Check Me Out is a production of Panhandle PBS and Amarillo College's FM 90 and is recorded at AC's Washington Street campus. There's one that I think I'm trying to, to talk myself into not reading when it comes out, and that's this Prince memoir that's coming out mm-hmm. in the fall, which he had written, I think, 20 pages of, and it's been completed somehow. Okay. Uh, by the estate. Is that still a, a memoir? <laughs> yeah, we fleshed it out with a little 300-page addendum. <laughs> yeah. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. I'm Hillary Holsey, and today we are talking about rock bios and autobiographies and books about the rock industry. And we are joined by some very special guests, and I will let them introduce themselves now and talk a little bit about why they might have been invited to be a guest. We'll start over here. Okay, I'm uh, Johnny Black, and uh, it could be, I suspect, because I uh, have been a DJ at a rock and roll radio station for about 25 years. That's all I do is consume those, those books, those texts. It informs what I do. I'm Brian Frank. Um, was part of FM 90 for a long time, uh, teach radio classes, used to at Amarillo College, and am involved with Panhandle PBS. We're doing great things with music still. Nice plug for the Bob Will stuff we're doing for country music. <laughs> it's going to be on the handle. Make sure you watch new episodes in the fall. Um, and I've just been a, a lifelong lover of, of books about the music industry and, and personalities in it. I'm Amy Hart. I am the uh, the program director here at Amarillo College's FM 90. I also teach radio classes, and I also worked at a certain rock station, a classic hit station in town uh, for a long time. And so, yeah, as part of the job, you read about the artists that you're playing. You want to know more about them. Uh, you don't want to be the guy or gal that gets the phone call that says, tell me more about Bobby Fuller. And you're like, I don't know who that I is. Know nothing about so that. you, <laughs> you want to uh, be well-versed. So I think that's why we're all here. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, thank you all for being here. How do you choose which you're going to read, like what you're going to read. Do you choose it based on, I mean, Amy talked a little bit about it had to do with her job, but is it who you like to listen to? What, what do you, what do you, how do you choose what you're going to read? I think it's your, your own curiosity will inform your reading list. Um, I know uh, as a longtime subscriber to Rolling Stone magazine in the back, there's usually every uh, month, five or six or 10 reviewed books and you're looking along and think, oh, that guy, I, I need to know more about, uh, I've got to get that. And, and uh, that's where I get ideas for what to read based on what's reviewed well and artists that I'm curious to know more about. What about you, Brian? I think it, it goes back to, I mean, even when I was much younger, a, a college student or even in high school, um, just discovering bands. I mean, I don't know any teenage boy that doesn't get into Led Zeppelin or The Doors at some point and not just wanting to listen to the music. I, I listened to the music while I read uh, Hammer of the Gods yeah. and No One Here Gets Out Alive and it just it, it became a natural thing and now the, the, the music that I'm into oh is there a book about this person? I, or you know today's Brian Wilson's birthday. I look up on the shelf and as you know I've got a copy of his latest autobiography or you know things like that i mean there there are things that spur me if i'm listening to something oh is there 
okay, maybe I should research that. And if I'm not going to read it right away, I, you know, it, it's there on the shelf or it's in my wish list in, in thrift books or wherever I shop. Same. Falling down the rabbit hole is part of the journey of being a music lover. And I think the first thing you do when you hear a great song, you go, what are the influences? How do I find that out? Well, I need to know more about the artist and where they came from. And, you know, and I think that that it's just part of the journey, part of falling down the rabbit hole. And we like to do that as music lovers. We like to absorb ourselves with everything we need. I'm going to learn every single thing about the Beatles. I'm going to learn every single thing about the Rolling Stones. And that's part of the journey. I think that's part of the fun of being a music lover and that you can sit and talk and go, oh, did you read this book about so-and-so? Because I didn't. Now I know a little bit more. And so I think falling down the rabbit hole is what I do. But if it's an artist I love, if Jack White puts out a biography, I'm going to buy that, like hands down, no question. But sometimes it's just based on um, Johnny saying, you've got to read Life by Keith Richards. Like you have to. Um, you know, Steven Tyler's biography, he scats while he speaks, you know, right. so you just, you know, you have to. Um, so sometimes it's not that I'm like obsessed with the artist, but I know they probably have a really interesting story. I like the fall from grace and the rebuilding, you know, the Phoenix syndrome where they fall apart at some point in their career <laughs> and then they make this triumphant return. That's typically what I like to read. Which seems to happen a lot. Which yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know. that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I kind of see, not to say that I don't, I'm not also in your little group, but it, it seems like a very cult thing to do because you're getting like this lexicon or a language amongst other music fans. And so when you're talking to each other, I might go up to Brian and be like, hey, Brian, I read this great Beatles book by Jeff Emmerich, and he talks about, you know, the squeaky floor at the end of day in the life where everybody got mad at Ringo for, you know, ruining the ending. It's like, it, it creates, it's almost like a language that you, yeah. you develop amongst other music fans. So yeah, I don't know if cult's the right word, but kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're pop, you're a pop culture junkie, right? Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Goes without saying. Sure. Yeah. So do you typically read about, uh, like, so like a person, or a band, or are you interested more in industry books? What what do you tend to flock to? I like I like the uh, biographies and the autobiographies first. I find them more more interesting. But there are some amazing books just about the business. So you know, biographies and artists and bands first, and then the business. I'd say second. Okay. Being a person who who loved radio at an early age. Um, I mean, I like to, to read about the musicians and everything, but as I've grown older, really lately, I think the ones that have stood out to me that I've really gravitated to have been told from the, the eyes or ears of some DJs that I've really liked and respected. Right. And, and, and I can name those later, but, but one of them is, my, is one of my favorite books that I've ever read just based on the passion of a pursuit of life and the fact that, that he got to have a, a cool career out of, out of doing it. But I mean, I just love, and, and oh yeah, he liked the same kind of music that I did. That's even better. But I mean, if, if it's a common interest thing, I mean, it's great. I love the Beatles. I love the Jeff Emmerich book that you were talking about. And I, I love if it involves a, a writer that's talking about how I created this song or what prompted this? I'm I'm much more into it than I am sorted details about 
Rick Springfield's book is really good, but it's full of, it's just as sleazy as it can be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for everybody. Yeah. And that was a nice diversion, but it, it had very little about the song. I'm more interested in how did I get this song or what did this, how did this music impact me and make me want to pursue my dreams or whatever. So salacious details are not your thing. Not, not unless <laughs> you can tie it to a song. Okay. All right. Yeah. The little Richard book is equally, uh, horrifyingly, uh, prurient. You know, it's just a bunch of, and very little about, about how he wrote Long Tall Sally and a whole lot about uh, the terrible things that he did, you know, backstage and on the road. And it's, it's awful. The Grace Slick book came to mind when you yeah. mentioned that. Same thing. You know, she's going to talk about all the guys she was with. Not so much about somebody to love or like White Rabbit, but, right. you know. But it's, it's, it's weird to say it's kind of a fun read. Because you're like, oh, I'm kind of getting the insider information. But it is, it's a different read than if you're going to read about the, the industry side of things. And that's, um, I, I typically, I like the salacious ones. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I enjoy a reading total them, woman, I guess. I'm, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I'm, dying, I'm dying to read the Joni Mitchell book. I'm, I, I have it ordered, but I really hope it's not. And then I dated this guy. And yeah. then I dated this guy. And then, because she has so much to say. And it took a long time to get a good book from her career. And I hope it is that and not uh, a tell-all. I yeah. think they call them tell-all uh, Joni Mitchell book. So what yeah. are there tell-alls y'all can think of? I mean, do you? Um, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to write this And sometimes down. it's hard to find. <laughs> I, mean, I, try, I went out of my way to find a, the Little Richard book that was going to be the good one. Because mm. I wanted to know, and mm. it's it was still. I think that's what that was his life, though. He yeah. was just like that. So, well, you know, you can't really get a little Richard book without all the the sex and drugs. The Aerosmith book that they wrote together was was good, and and I mean, did everybody hear? Did did you guys read the Dirt? Yes. 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 Yeah, and I mean that was fine, but it but now we've been told that oh well we we exaggerated some of that right. And then look, looking at that, you can go, okay, I can see where you did. But the Aerosmith never felt that way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I see the, those tell-all things. I, I th- maybe they're a palate cleanser. Well, yeah. I think so. I think yeah. so. I think truth comes into question, too, with yeah. tell-all. I mean, people remember things differently. And I tend to trust, not that I don't trust it directly from the horse's mouth, but people who have researched and are more interested in you doing like chronological things appeal to me more, but I don't know. I get into, well, who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust somebody that's doing the history or Grace Slick, who was probably not sober most of the time (laughs) when she was writing this. So I was listening to a Paul McCartney interview, I guess last night with wired. He did that little, have you seen where they rip the Google searches and they rip Mm -hmm. the answers away? Who is Paul McCartney? Oh yeah. 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 And he was like, you know, all these dates and things, you should just really ask the fans because I don't know. I bet that's true. I don't know how to answer this. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure when you're living in it, it's totally different than I know that this happened in 1964 and they're probably like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. So yeah. 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 Uh, And so you prefer, you know, to answer that question, I don't know if we got around to you. Yeah. I, I prefer this more salacious. Um, but I, I, I just like the, the history of where somebody came from. You know, I, I just like to hear. So I do like the industry books somewhat, but 
sometimes I find them a little bit boring. So if you have some good ones to recommend to me, I would totally be interested in that. But I do like the the, the DJ side because that's where we came from. So I like reading a Ben Fong Torres book and sure. how he grew up. That's a fabulous book. It's a fabulous book. Rob what, Sheffield what is it? has a good one, and he's been a writer for a long time, Rolling yeah. Stones. I've never read his, and I totally would. Dreaming the Beatles is a, a different way of going about telling that story you know mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting i bought it for my dad who was a 60s guy That's you cool. know and didn't know that much about the beatles so yeah so ben, ben fong torres grew up in amarillo his family came to america they ended up in amarillo texas wow um his bit, dad yeah. worked down at the ding how restaurant um, but he grew up listening to amarillo radio and so he talks about that in his biography. And then he moved off to San Francisco. This was when Rolling Stone was still out there. Became this huge uh, music writer and has written several books about different artists. And he actually emailed us at the Eagle one time and said, we've been listening to you. Yeah. I, I listen to you guys. You bring back all these memories of when I lived there. And it was kind of like the greatest day of my life um, <laughs> to hear from Ben Fong Torres that he was listening to our station, but uh, really well written. I mean, he's a great writer anyways, but I liked hearing that, you know, his story, but also how the music influenced his career. Do you, um, we recently did, and by recently, I mean yesterday, we recorded a <laughs> podcast about true crime, which I think we all figured out that the fascination is often the psychology of it, um, of why you read true crime. Uh, and I know Brian said that it's about, you know, finding more about the song and you say it's the salacious details, but is there like a relatability? Is there something that you want to relate to this artist in some way? Gee, uh, uh, yes. I well, would Johnny, say so. you, you're a musician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So you want to know, and I mean, an 85% of the people that I'm interested in and listen to all have a very similar, uh, I was in England, it was post-World War II, <laughs> and you know, so there's, and a lot of the same uh, in, influences affected their, I mean, a lot of them lost their father in World War II, and that's a very common thread, everyone from Roger Waters to to uh, John Lennon and, and a lot of other folks that, that had a missing dad and a lot of it had to do with World War II. And, and so uh, that's interesting uh, to, to find the common threads that run through the artists that you enjoy. You know, music, I, I'll make the argument that music affects you emotionally more than any other form of art because your interpretation and your interpretation of the exact same thing are completely different. And, and I take it in a different way. And what I pick out of it is my own thing. So I want to gravitate to this part of it or maybe, you know, this song I'm, or this artist I'm really into now and I want to dig more into what is going on there. And, and whether it's trying to – I'm in the middle of the Elvis Costello book right now, which is really good, but my goodness, he needed an editor because it is not told. <laughs> did he write it himself? He did, and okay. it's not chronological. All right. Um, and sometimes he's talking about, we were touring in 77, and oh, this reminds me of my grandma. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> here's a funny story. And plus, he's British, and why say in four syllables what you can say in 40? Yeah, sure. Um, but those artists that I get into, or, or when I'm in the mindset, or, or whatever, Neil Peart, mm-hmm. the drummer for Rush, great uh-huh. lyricist sure. as well, wrote a couple of, of books that one of them I read out of necessity after a friend passed away. I, I read Ghost Rider. 
mm-hmm. which dealt with when Neil's wife and daughter passed away and he took a 50,000 mile motorcycle ride yeah. for several months. That one was hard to read. I bet. But, mm-hmm. and I like that book okay, but I wouldn't recommend it to any of y'all. Right. It's hard. <laughs> he has another book called Traveling Music, which talks about different points in his life and different road trips he's taken with this CD or that CD or this piece of music. And who knew that? That's cool. That everybody in Canada loves the Tragically Hip. Of and course. There's, and there's a story about how they begged, Rush begged the Tragically Hip to go on tour with them. And that, no, 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 we're going to do our own thing. Okay. What? <laughs> or, or, or and, you know, when you get introduced to new music or, or just these, I already had an emotional connection kind of with, with Rush's music and, 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 and reaching out to, oh, I lost a friend and he wrote about this. And it, it just branches out into these other things. And that helps. Sure. As, as well. But I mean, really, I mean, whether as a musician you connect or, or, or whether just when I listen to this song or I love this artist so much, you know, it's just easy to, to try and I want to connect to this a little more. Mm-hmm. What about you, Amy? You're a musician as well. And I, I'm trying to think if I've even read one since I started really playing and writing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I have. Um, but I think I would read it totally different now. Like if I went back and reread the books that I read before I started playing and writing music, I would probably be way more interested in the songwriting process as opposed to before where it was like the salacious, like who'd you sleep with? Now I'm like, <laughs> how'd you craft this song? So, uh, so yeah, I think, I think it does play into it a lot. Um, and just knowing like their headspace there, you know, where they were at in their career, where they were at in their life, you know, had they just lost somebody recently, had they, you know, because a lot of that stuff, you know, we know now because we have song facts and we can go Google it yeah. and like, let's go look up like why yeah. they wrote this, you know, <laughs> but a lot of it's still a mystery. So when you get a good biography and they want to talk about, you know, their songwriting process. I love reading about that now. So. I think there's something still to uh, reading a book versus Googling it, though. Yeah. Because, you know, totally. Yeah. It's like the Wikipedia. Anyone can edit yeah. it, anyone can say anything. So I, you know, reliable. And to hear resources. the whole story. You get a yeah. Set, up. Just, yes. yeah. set up and a panel. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we talked a lot about, you know, why you're interested in it. Let's get more into specifics. What is the, your favorite book of these, this particular genre that you've read? Oh, man. Top three? See, that's a very good... <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, for a, a book about music by a guy who is very into music, I would uh, recommend to all of you and, and to anyone the Sam Phillips book. Sam Phillips, the man who invented rock and roll, and it comes with a companion CD, which is great. It's a double CD, and it's full of uh, music from the South and uh, from the 40s and 50s, and it goes all the way up into into rock and roll, and and, uh, he maintained that uh, he wasn't bitter about selling Elvis for, you know, the price of a used car, Uh, but it's a fantastic read. It has a lot to do with the early history of radio because he was a radio DJ, and then he segued into uh, producing albums and Jerry Lee Lewis and Ike Turner and the early days of rock and roll, and it's just a fantastic, it is huge. It's by Peter Goralnik, 
G-U-R-A-L-N-I-C-K, and it is a tome, man. You will spend the summer reading it. It takes a while, <laughs> but it's got the, the CD with it, and it's a fantastic read. It's, it's the best one I've read from a music guy. I, I have that one. I, it's on my shelf. I haven't dug into it yet. Yeah. See, I have them classified into biographies, autos, and, and then industry books. So, so what do you want? Go ahead. All of them. Oh. Man, okay. Um, <laughs> the podcast is called Check Me Out. We're trying to get people to read here. So, yeah. you know, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Um, so for an auto, I love, and I don't think anybody's come close to Keith Richards' life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to finish a blog about Beatles versus the Stones and how it's Ooh. not, it never has been. It's, it's always the, you can, it's the Beatles. And then it's the Stones versus whoever <laughs> you want to yeah. do. And, and Brian says to the guy wearing a no, Rolling no, no, Stones no, no, t-shirt. No, no. Right I, I, I wrote that blog uh, also because it's, <laughs> it's, it's just something you've wanted to speak to your whole life mm-hmm. as, a, as a music person. And I can't, you know, the same, the same basic conclusion. But, but Keith is great because there's so many wonderful stories, but there's also... And he's, he was in such a good place when he wrote that book. And there's stories of how I wrote this song. And and yeah. and, and, and it never feels forced. Uh, and Springsteen's book, I, I was hoping would be that good. And it's great, but it's n- I haven't read anything close from an autobiography standpoint to Keith's book. It's that good. For just an autobiography, or for a biography, if you've never read I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, which is Warren Zevon's widow, mm-hmm. Crystal, not widow. She was his ex-wife at that point mm-hmm. before he died because he, he died a long, slow death of cancer. He instructed her to, to write this book and to tell everything warts and all. Wow. You wow. will love the guy and hate the guy. Want to smack him, want to hug him all on the same page. I want to read that. It's really good. Um, but f- I was telling you about the DJs and all that. If you have not read world in my eyes by Richard blade, it's fabulous. Okay. As a young man, he writes a list of 10 things that he wants to accomplish in his life. At the back of the book, there is a picture of that particular list. Right. And I'll be darned if he hasn't done everything on it. You will be inspired. If okay. Just, it, it's wonderful. And in the things that he wanted to do, and he's still on satellite radio now. And I mean, you know, he was on the Square Pegs TV show. Right, and right. He that was guy. on a, you know... A, a different version, kind of like MTV. Before, I mean, he's done everything, and and plus, it was all the the alternative stuff that I was into at the time. But it's sure it's a fabulous book. But World of My Eyes, Richard Blade, and my wife got it for me for Christmas one year, and then it became, "Are you done with that yet?" Because I want to read it. <laughs> good, good. Um, I think for industry type books, um, and the journalistic side of. That I would say, the Rice Room by Ben Fong Torres. I really like that book a lot. Um, and then one that Hillary I know is going to love, Kicking and Dreaming, uh, the heart, <laughs> the heart book. I loved. Okay, loved I that book. Loved that book as well. Yeah, they're just so cool. They're cool, and they open up about their struggles and things like that. Um, but just you know, being women in an industry where it was not women friendly, um, and talking about those struggles, but also you know, and talking about her weight and how it's always been an issue since day one literally and mm-hmm. um but their marriages and their i mean but it's it's a great industry book too yeah you know my favorite part of that book is when they talk about 
making costumes that look like the Sergeant Pepper costumes because they didn't want to be with the Beatles. They wanted to be, be the, the Beatles. Beatles yeah. right. And I mean, that's all I've wanted my whole life. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's, they're just so cool. I love yeah. that book. It's a great recommendation. Well, especially now that they've patched things up and yeah. matured. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all is right. Yeah. And we're going to be at the Isleta in August. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so cool. But I also, I really liked Slash's book too. Um, Slash's biography was really, really well done. He's a smart guy, yeah. you know, and I don't think we just see the hair and the hat and we think that guy, you know, but he's actually really charming. And I thought that was a really interesting book hearing from the guy that saw all, all the that. stuff with Guns N' Roses going down. But I thought it was really well done as well. On the other side of that, what's a book that you might not have enjoyed? I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to say that Avoid uh, it at all I wanted to know a lot more about Little Richard when I read the Little Richard book. And I wanted to read a book that I was going to recommend to people. And then I read, uh, so I read that and, and I couldn't recommend it because I thought, uh, well, they'll just think he read this because it's, it's nothing but sex and drugs. <laughs> and then I read the uh, David Bowie uh, strange fascination book because I realized there was a huge deficit in what I knew about him, other than the uh, you know the family with mental illness and and what he did in his early years. And but that that is a fantastic book. Uh, I know I'm supposed to talk about what I didn't like, but I didn't like the Little Richard book, and I did like the David Bowie book because it wasn't what the Little Richard book was. And it's uh, Strange Fascination by David Buckley. It is very very good, and I I read it this. In the, within the last 12 months. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding one because I don't want to offend anybody. Sorry, I'm that way. Um, now, <laughs> again, because it, it was another one that just paled. I had high hopes because of the, the, the standard that Keith set. And if my boy Bruce couldn't meet it, then I shouldn't judge anybody else. I quit reading a book about Lou Reed, and I can't remember what the what the book oh, was I, called. But, but within the first 10 pages, uh, it it started talking about how Lou would walk into a room and divide and what a jerk he was and, and everything. And I just, I liked his music a lot. So I did not want to go down yeah. that path. And then I think the first time I went to South by Southwest, he was the keynote speaker and I saw that behavior observed. And I was really glad <laughs> that I didn't wow. keep reading about him because I still like his music. Yeah. Um, but there's one that I think I'm trying to, to talk myself into not reading when it comes out. And that's this, Prince memoir that's coming out mm-hmm. in the fall, which he had written, I think, 20 pages of. And it's been completed somehow okay. uh, by the estate. Is that still a, a memoir? Yeah, we <laughs> fleshed it out with a little 300-page addendum. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that I want any part of, of, of something nah. yeah. like that. That's kind of like a ghost at a watchman thing. I mean, I know Harper Lee was still alive, but... Yeah, she's old and can't make really right. sound decisions. Yeah. So should we ruin no. all that Till Kill a Mockingbird was about? Should we do this with Prince? Probably not. I don't know. I agree. There's a lot that they're doing with Prince that I'm like, I don't know if he would have done this yeah. at no, all. The, the but two, yeah, the two records they've put out, he would have never yeah. allowed to see the light of day. <laughs> exactly. But. I'm gonna catch a lot of flack, and this this might be one of your favorite ones. I don't know. It was not good for me. Bob Dylan's Chronicles Volume One. Oh, wow. I did not like it. I have it on my shelf. I haven't read it yet. I thought it was incredibly boring. It's boring. It's boring. It 
it kind of reads like a textbook on Bob Dylan. And yeah. I, I just, but then again, some of us fall in to read a textbook on Bob yeah. Dylan. And that's true. Yeah. And, and maybe this that's month, the thing. I, I loved it. I think, <laughs> I think that I did not have enough fandom where yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't really care about this part. I don't care about this part either. So I just kind of, I don't know. It wasn't there for me. You've got Bob Dylan issues. I do. <laughs> and maybe because I probably had just saw him in concert and it was not good. So... I was probably like hating on Bob That's right at that moment. Yeah. I'll never do because yeah. I think it'll ruin Bob for me in some yeah. ways. Yeah. I get And that. I am now going, I'm in the middle of a long and deep Bob Dylan phase Ooh. right this minute. And I ordered the uh, uh, Scorsese Far From Home PBS uh, mm-hmm. thing that he did. And I ordered it on Blu-ray and uh, loved that. And right after that, the uh, about two weeks ago, the one on uh, Netflix dropped, the new Martin Scorsese Rolling, Rolling Thunder, Thunder review yeah. thing. And uh, so, and I knew the time would come, you know, that I, because too many people I loved and respected were very into Bob Dylan. I thought there's got to be something to this that I'm not getting. And now I'm rereading Chronicles and I'm in the middle of it now. And it means a whole different thing. Uh, so maybe one day I'll have my Bob Dylan yeah, yeah, epiphany yeah, moment. Give it time. <laughs> It'll come to you when it's time. Oh, that, yeah. And you think it was the, the guy who wrote, how many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? Has a lot to say. Yeah. And, and really? That, yeah. <laughs> With a title like that? Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, that it's, it, it bears further examination, I think, in my opinion. Well, I, I got to the, and I made it through. I powered through that sucker, but I was like, volume one? Yes. My it goodness. It is boring. That is You're a right. lot of. Absolutely. So, so I think that was, I don't know. I wanted it a little bit. I don't know. It just needed a little bit more for me, but but I haven't fallen down the the rabbit hole yet sure. for Bob Dylan. So Brian talking about the Lou Reed book um, makes me wonder: what is the most surprising thing you've learned about someone from a biography or autobiography? I didn't know until I read the Warren Zanes biography of Tom Petty that he experimented with heroin after Howie died. That wow. just blew me away, and I was shocked and. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was in the review of the book. And I thought, <laughs> I think you just sort of blew the, the, the big nugget that was in the book. Yeah. And I was shocked also when I read that. And, uh, but I haven't read the book. I haven't read that either. There's so I'd much more to. to the book. There was, I mean, there's, there's stuff you didn't know about Tom. And Tom <sighs> gave him permission uh, to do it. They, uh, they, had, they met for coffee for a couple of weeks and discussing you know, here's where you can go with this and I don't want to restrict you. And and wow, that's just, that's heavy. Mm -hmm. I had a visceral reaction to that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Amy. The first thing I thought was, uh, Grace Slick talks about her and, um, Jim Morrison and a night of strawberries. Wow. Okay. And it's very bizarre. So that was kind of like, Okay, then. <laughs> There's the 60s power couple, I guess, for a <laughs> night. I'm not really sure. Um, that, and and I think reading Slashes and being like, he's not a bad dude. He's actually kind of a cool guy. And yeah. I, I was very surprised by that. I, I don't know what I thought. I just thought I was going to hate him um, the whole time. But And then somehow, like, reading Nikki Six's book, I kind of liked him, too. And I was like, I think he's probably a pretty cool dude. I don't know. All right. Johnny? Um, I think in uh, in life, 
realizing that Keith Richards was actually a shy, uh, did not sleep with that many women on the road. It was actually uh, the bass player that was the womanizer, even <laughs> oh, yeah. more than Mick Jagger. Yeah, yeah, Bill Wyman. <laughs> yeah. Thousands. Which is thousands. bizarre. And he's, then like he's actually eight years <laughs> older than the rest of the guys, not two or three. Yeah. He's not a Ringo a little older. He's a, wow, yeah. you're my uncle's age, you know. <laughs> And, and and Keith really was uh, very modest in that regard. Uh, he yeah. wanted to get to know them and talk to them and and uh, hang out and visit. And he had these women in various towns that were his uh, friends, road friends that he maybe slept with and maybe didn't. But it wasn't uh, they weren't lined up outside the room like you might think. Just the humility of of that book. Yeah, I just that's that's why it it's tops. For me. It's just, tops for me too, as far as biographies. I, I got to agree. I have yeah. it right here on my in my little cheat sheet notes that life was the the yeah. artist biography. It's the it's the first one I thought of when we were going to do this. Yeah, I was me like, too. Well, we got to talk about that, but not only because you guys are here, because I knew you probably both had read it, but I really did love it. It's, There's a whole section that I wondered whether other people would be interested in. Is that it's about a, a chapter long discussion of when he went to uh, G tuning his guitar to a, to a G and taking the fifth string off and how they were working on Honky Tonk Woman. They were in Barcelona at a farmhouse. And and uh, I thought, are other people going to find this? It's like radio people talking about radio. Yeah. You know, other people going to be interested in this? But it's it was just wonderful. You know? And, of course, you immediately go to your uh, guitar that you don't play that often. You go, okay, I'm ripping this yeah. one of the strings <laughs> off of you. We're going to do this and see how it works out. I went to a really cool, um, Ro- the Rolling Stones exhibit last summer. Oh man. And I was sending Johnny tons of pictures. Yeah, I'm like, you yeah. got to get on a flight to Nashville and come see this the thing. Exhibition exhibit. It was incredible. I mean, um, and they had a replica of their first apartment yeah. with dirty socks and like <laughs> beer bottles on the floor and, you know, the sink full of dishes and, but, you know, seeing all the guitars and, and seeing, you know, the, the, the lot, the wall of Keith guitars, it was just, uh, it was, it was really, really cool. So, um, but yeah, I, I was very surprised by that one. I, I didn't know a whole lot about the Rolling Stones. I mean, I, the bass level that probably any regular music lover, lo- you know, knows, but, um, I enjoyed that book. Thoroughly. Yeah. I yeah. would love to read that again, actually. Yeah. Can you think of a song um, that maybe in can choose which or talk about that you loved, or one that's just mediocre, or one that you didn't like that reading a book then changed your perception of that song? Wow! Think about that. I, there were a couple. <laughs> I'm going to defer to the Little Richard book again because I didn't. <laughs> there were some things that I had never heard before uh, that I went to. Uh, you know, YouTube and other places and, and, and checked it out. And, uh, but I can't think of the exact title, but they were early blues and gospel songs that he had been involved in that I never knew about. And he did a lot of uh, piano work early on, on the Chitlin circuit for other artists. And so there were some things like that, that pretty deep into the catalog. As far as hits go, I can't think, I can't think of any offhand. Yeah. I'm trying to, I don't know. I can give an example. Yes, <laughs> yes please, please do. do. I, I, well, Roll I, that ball out I, here. <laughs> I always go back to the Jeff Emmerich book. That's honestly my favorite book. It's I've a ever fabulous read. book. It's yeah. so good. If you, I mean, 
you do get a little bit of that uh, favoritism for Paul and a little bit of a hatred for George of all Beatles. Where hey, you're, now. Where you're really? like, uh, he's like, you know. Incredible. Yes. <laughs> he's well, he's incredible, but he's like always seen as kind of the quiet one. Yeah. You know, doesn't ruffle any feathers. But this dude, I do not think really liked George at all. Wow. Um, anyhow, the song that completely changed my understanding of music, of the Beatles influence everything um, was Tomorrow Never Knows when he talks about looping oh, yeah. the tapes with like the seagulls and all that and using a pencil eraser to hold the tape as it runs through the machine and like understanding how we went from four tracks to multiple tracks because of that innovative moment. And I mean, there was a lot of innovation on that song. John went to him and said, I want to sound like the Dalai Lama shouting from a mountaintop. And this guy's like, uh, how do we do that? So they they did something with the speakers where they turned them a certain way. And it, when you hear it, I mean, it changed my perception of the song. And I think about that portion of the book every single time. Another example that I always give is when he talks about Because, which is the from the Abbey Road album. It's one of the last songs that they ever recorded where all of them were in the room together which gives me chills every time I hear the song because those harmonies are so beautiful and Ringo is sitting there keeping the beat and it just, it changed. I'm I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. Um, Hearing someone or reading, you know, that experience of someone who is kind of just on a a fly on the wall with the Beatles, um, that changed a lot for me. So that's that's kind of where I was going with that. That question. tomorrow never knows section does make you put the bookmark in and run to listen to it. Yes, you know mm-hmm. yeah. when you when you read that, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. In the Born to Run book, and you get a little bit of if you've watched the the Springsteen on Broadway Netflix thing. There's um, some stuff that deals with his dad okay. and his his own becoming a father thing that's really really good and relates to uh, a song of his called long time coming which deals with becoming a father mm-hmm. and, and and everything that that after i read his thoughts on it held uh, a little more heft as as somebody who's a dad myself that, that maybe i hadn't cared about as much but to but that that's that's a book that's that's really good but you get if you don't feel like reading and you still have Netflix, yeah. you can get a lot of the nuggets of that in his Springsteen on Broadway thing, and it still is effective. Um, and, and for those people who do audiobooks, there are a lot of these rock bios that the authors read themselves, yeah. which has yeah. got to yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I've actually never listened to one. You know, like Ben that, Mankiewicz, right? I went to see Field of Dreams Tuesday night, and Ben Mankiewicz comes out, and he's talking about how this movie makes grown men cry. Mm-hmm. like when Springsteen talks about his father. Mm. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's ubiquitous, man. Yeah. Everybody knows what that is. Uh, and so it was, it was, it's not just us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, you got any songs you can think um, of? Was, I, don't, I don't know. Like I was, you know, I think just with any book, you just start listening to the catalog, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you just sure. put it on repeat as you're driving to work and, you know, as you're as you're reading the book so i like that it makes you more aware of the artist no matter who it is if it's even if it's bobby fuller and talking about his murder yeah, like yeah. i'm gonna listen to his whole catalog now um so 
That's not a great any book, particular by the way. Songs. That Bobby Fuller book is yeah. fantastic. Is it Life and Death or Life and Strange Times or something? It's like the a, Strange Death of Bobby Fuller. Oh yeah, or see, like I glued them all together. Something like <laughs> yeah. that. And the and the David Bowie book will send you running for because they do talk a lot about and that's uh, Strange Fascination, mm, okay. and it'll send you running for the Bowie catalog and uh, the deep cuts and and stuff and his saxophone work it's never really i mean they say ziggy played guitar you know nobody ever said ziggy <laughs> played the saxophone he's pretty good yeah, yeah. He's not too bad yes <laughs> you know who's a big who's a big bobby fuller fan who who's also a, written a great book who matt penfield oh wow uh, yeah okay you, you a book yes what it, it, you can borrow it oh, okay it's uh it's i called, love him it's called all these things that i've done and it's pretty short it's fast read but again a, a guy who a lot of us watched on tv he loved the same music and still does um and and he you know he got hit by a car late last year he's recovering and everything right the icebreaker to and I, I got to meet Matt a couple of times, but the icebreaker for him is to ask him about Bobby Fuller. Okay, he loves and is fascinated. Good to by know. Bobby that Fuller. is good That's to know. Amazing. Yeah. When one day we're just pumping gas and there's Matt Penfield, right. and we're like, "Hey, what about Bobby Fuller?" Yeah, he goes to these things that you go to. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, but I mean, his book is really good. And another guy That's who cool. was just so passionate about, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to to be a a, a jock and and do and play these kind of records and get i'm gonna meet these artists and yeah he gets to uh he gets to sound check with kiss yeah wow <laughs> like that's that. cool okay so, that's really cool you guys have been excellent about recommending books not every podcast involves a lot of recommendations but i think that just comes with the territory if you know what a person's music tastes, it's it's pretty easy to say hey have you read this so um i usually ask what recommendations would you make but i'm going instead and ask a question that amy uh, came up with um are there any bios that you wish would be written oh wow well of course you know uh there have been a lot of books written about Mick Jagger, but he hasn't ever done the life mm -hmm. treatment yet. And uh, so obviously I'm going to run get that when that comes out, but it yeah. hasn't been written yet. And we're looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. The world is waiting, Mick. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope someday we get a real Prince book. Um, and I know that's, that's probably, I mean, there's a lot of people to talk to and, and to do it proper and everything. But for salacious details, see, I can play that game too. <laughs> I want more than anything, after hearing all of these Eddie Van Halen is a jerk story, uh -huh. I want a real Van Halen book. Mm. And, and I know I'd that there's, there's, there's a short <laughs> one out there, but I want one that's fully comprehensive comprehensive, yeah. and, and details. That's good. All of it. Yeah. I'll read that. I think um, now that you mentioned Bill Wyman, I'm like, maybe Bill needs his own book. We yeah. can talk about all the crazy road adventures. Um, obviously, waiting on the Jack White book. There's been a bunch of unauthorized things and nothing from him. I pretty much know everything I feel like, but I think it would be fun to hear it in his own voice. Won't you write it? Maybe I should. I can go stalk him some more. Um, she says with her third man records. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Band> <laughs> third man records head man. But uh, are there any books about Jimmy Iovine? Well, like, that's that's good. I feel like he would be. I would totally read a Jimmy Iovine book. I would too. Um, and he's he's somebody that would that would work well. I know Danny Goldberg has a 
at least one great book. There's one called Bumping Into Geniuses that Jimmy Iovine could do something like that, just talking about all the different people that he worked with. Yeah. Um, and, and, and things, you know, because he was like the magic work on the third record and take the person to the next level. He did it for Patti Smith, Springsteen, and Petty. Um, and, and, and then, of course, became a mogul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got great stories. And, you know, I, I would say, too, beware of books written by people that have three or four other gigs. I'm a writer for Vanity Fair, and I did this. I mean, a, a lot of the really good ones, people took years of their life off and did nothing but work on such and such book. Passion projects. Yeah, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I, I guess you get a stipend maybe from, from the uh, from uh, the. the the, the le- book label, you know, and, and they send you out and you can, and you have time to do that because not everybody can take three years of their life off to go to Europe and come back to the States and talk to all these people, but they'll run down school teachers and second cousins and really dig deep and get the good stuff. And uh, some of these other folks, I don't know how they live with themselves writing these, you know, terrible yeah. uh, <laughs> quickie books yeah. uh, about an artist just because they get popular and, and they're awful, and a lot of people buy them, and a lot of people believe every word of it. It's just kind of mm-hmm. sad, especially if the artist is no longer here to defend themselves. That's true. Also, so. beware typos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. When you see typos, that's a good yeah, clear that's a, sign. Pretty, and, yeah. 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 And you may have bought it at a dollar store. It, you know, it wasn't, and, yeah. it wasn't a rock book, but I read, I had a Betty Davis bio that I opened, and like within the first 30 pages, there was like 10 typos. Yeah. And I was like, oh, put this one away. No. Not going to read that. But you can find good books at the dollar store. I guess you can. The, uh, yes, you the, can. the Roseanne Cash uh, memoir. Uh-huh. Got that at, at one of the dollar at stores. The dollar store. One, that's one of the best things I've ever read because it has the the descriptions of giving the eulogies for her mother, stepmother, and father. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, wow. Really That's good. Crazy. The very first one I ever read was called Up and Down with the Rolling Stones by Tony Sanchez, who was apparently just a drug dealer yeah. you know, and a member of the mafia. <laughs> And, but I read it when I was really, really young. I didn't even know yeah. reading rock bios was a thing. It was yeah. just, I had gotten into the band, and this book appeared somewhere in, in the world, and I read it, and uh, it's pretty bad. And Keith Richards said it made him laugh. He said, I've never laughed harder than when I read Tony's book. You know, <laughs> And it's, it's kind of got a lot of yeah. factual errors and, uh, wow. and misspellings and bad grammar. <laughs> and, you know, clearly uh, he just rushed it through and made, made some cash and... Wow. I reread it as a, as a grown-up, you know, yeah. after life. After life came out, I went and, and got a paperback copy oh, of it God. and went through it. And I went, this is not as cool as I remember <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> I have one more recommendation that is not a bio, but it's about MTV. Oh, yeah. And they interview like all the artists at, in the heyday. Um, it's called I Want My MTV, the uncensored story of the music video revolution. And so they talked to... Stevie Nicks and they talk to Hart and they talk to and so they break down their horrible video days basically and they they tell the story of why this horrible video came about or you know why we chose to oh, film out in the desert and you know we were all coked out of our minds <laughs> the and hold we're, me video you know it's a, yeah. yeah it's a, it's 110 <laughs> degrees and we're out there you know um, and everybody's fighting and so it it's a lot of the uh, kind of inside information on on MTV music videos which it's a fun read. Hit, I've got one too, uh, real quick. It's called Hitmen, Power Brokers in the Music Industry, and it's all about the mafia's influence on the early days. That's of cool. Radio wow. and rock and roll. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, if we're going this route, I got one more. Do it. Okay. Uh, there's a book out there called How Music Got Free, and I mm. recommend this to students. I think I put it on the student reading list when, when I was still teaching. Um, it deals with three, it's three consecutive stories going on. It deals with the invention of the MP3. It deals with the guy who was running Interscope Records. And it deals with a guy who worked at the CD pressing plant who became the guy who was the patient zero for internet piracy, who would lift CDs out of the record plant, upload them, and it changed everything for how we went from owning physical copies of music to all listening on our phones and everything. I want to read that. I do too, yeah. You can borrow it. Okay. I'm all about (laughs) Hitman too. Yeah. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's just really easy to get yourself immersed in in that stuff, and and I and it's it it reads like uh, a thriller. Yeah, but I, you know, we didn't even get into the uh, the oral histories and stuff. I love it yeah. when they're oral histories. Oh yeah, when you, when you get into something sure. like uh, VJ, the, the, the your MTV book yeah. made me think of VJ. There's a there is a uh, story of all five of the original VJs telling the stories of that's cool coming up through MTV. Man. I love that. Didn't, did you guys read the Tommy James book? Yes. It was, was really good, say, wasn't it? Yes. And I think that, uh, that's, I got Hitman after that because that also talks a lot about yeah. how they would come Because he in. was like in it, what right? It? Yes. Like, he, he, he wrote, was their artist that yeah. was like, you're going to go make this new record, aren't you, Tommy? And it's and, like, uh, okay. And there was a guy who was, <laughs> a, who had a couple of hits who, uh, was also the guy who took the bat out. And and uh, yeah, and, He's the and hit, was it like the cleanup people, guy? People who didn't want to make the hit that the label had given them, they would send the guy around with a bat uh, to make sure that you know you're gonna record this. And, and uh, wow, little yeah. Anthony, That's I think cool. little Anthony was murdered by the record record industry. Yeah, they say he overdosed on heroin, but I think they got him a bunch of drugs and a hotel room and a young lady to encourage him, and then he died there. It probably happened a lot more than we think. Yeah. I All think of these so. ones where we're like, I don't know, it's kind of suspicious. You know, yeah. we still don't know what happened to Bobby Fuller, right? I mean, right. they still know. Nope, we don't. I don't know. I'm going to need you guys to walk me to my car when this is over. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you pour a bunch of gasoline all over me, right, too. Right, <laughs> right. I think you guys need a spinoff podcast. Oh, man. I would yeah. love that. Yeah. I would, too. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you guys for being here today. I appreciate all that you've contributed. And, Thank uh, you, Hillary. This has been a blast. I'm yeah. glad you liked it, too. Thanks all for right. having us. Thanks. Thank you for listening, book lovers, and remember to click subscribe wherever you may be listening to this podcast. Special thanks goes to the Mag7 for providing us with music, to Scotty Vanderford, Cullen Lutz, and Stevie Brashears for designing us such a cool logo. See you next time.